Welcome to the Taproom PostNet Podcast. I am Delta04, and we will be covering the Nets topic of the week. Welcome, y'all. I am Delta Zero Four, located in the Redoubt of the South. This is Taprin Postnet Podcast, episode 14 04. Every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, Tapern has an amateur radio HF net. The primary purpose for the net is to promote self-reliance and preparedness in all aspects of modern life. The goal of the net is to share and disseminate information that can help everyone achieve individual independence and self-reliance. During the net, we'll have a topic of the evening, so this podcast is a summary of the combined knowledge our check-ins share during the Tapern Nets. If y'all have questions about Tapern, feel free to go to the following website, www.amron.com. Phonetically, that's www.alpha-mike-romeo-romeo-oscar-november.com. In the beginning of this year, the Amron Group and Taprin Group merged, so you can find Taprin information, including the net schedule and frequency, at the Amron site. All right, let's take a quick break, and then I'll provide y'all a net check-in report, and then we'll finally cover the June 29th Taprin net topic. And we're back. For June 29, 2014, Tappern had a total of 19 check-ins from the following states. Five from Virginia, two each from the following states, Kentucky, Florida, and New York, and one each from the following states, Tennessee, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Ohio, and Indiana. Thanks, everyone, for checking in. Our topic of the evening was dehydrating food. Most folks store food via other means, like home canning, freezing, vacuum-sealed bags, or store-bought freeze-dried. While dehydrating food may not be the first choice for storing food, depending on which food it is, it could become your preferred choice if you decide to give it a try. We not only covered what type of foods we dehydrate, but we also touched on the different methods used during the process. We had a few check-ins that dehydrate their own food. Most use the box-type electric dehydrator, like the Excalibur. There was one check-in who likes their electric round-type. Another method a couple of check-ins used involved drying certain foods in their attic. Another check-in stated that they use their car. And then, of course, you have the process of using direct sunlight. If budget is a concern, there are several inexpensive methods to choose from when it comes to dehydrating food. If you have an attic in your house or workshop or barn, consider dehydrating food in the rafters. A couple of check-ins said when it comes to herbs, they actually prefer this method over an electric dehydrator, even the expensive box type. Back in the day, their grandmother used this method, and it still works for their family in these modern times. Another inexpensive method is using direct sunlight, a couple of home-built, wood-framed window screens, a sharp knife to thinly slice your food, and a bright sunny day, and you are off to the races. You cannot get much easier than that, folks. If you search the internet, there are some do-it-yourself designs out there. The next method requires a dehydrator that almost everyone already has. It is your vehicle. Basically, you use the heat from inside the vehicle to dry out the food. One of our check-ins said it does work. 
if you place your food on a tray or shallow box and put it on the dashboard so it can also get direct sunlight, it works well. A couple of things to keep in mind. Drying fruit or vegetables require a temperature between 100 and 150 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, I'm not going to get into all the different opinions on what temperature to use for which food. That's what the internet is for. But I will say it might be a good idea to use a kitchen thermometer in the vehicle just to keep an eye on the temperature inside the vehicle. Depending on where you live and the time of year, you may need to crack a window to cool things down a bit to hit that ideal temperature range. Another item to use that most folks already have is an oven. While it can be done, I personally think there are less expensive options out there. The cost of running your oven for the required several hours it takes to dehydrate food can really add up on the utility bill. Just something to keep in mind when you consider the total cost. Next, starting to creep up in the priced range, but still not bad, one check-in said they used the round-type electric dehydrator. There are a few different brands out there, and several big-box stores have them if you want to run out and pick it up today. One thing to keep in mind, the fan is on the bottom of the unit and your round trays are layered up. So to try to get even drying with all your trays, you might need to rotate your trays throughout the process. The one chicken said he uses his and it works well. A couple of other chickens said, for them personally, they decided to pay more and go with the box type, which brings me to our last method. The box type electric dehydrator, like the Excalibur or Wested brands, is a wonderful product, but fair warning, you are going to need to fork out some moolah for this one. At the time of this podcast, the Excalibur Economy 4 tray runs just over $100, and they go up from there, depending on the number of trays and options you desire. But you may find some great deals out there, so shop around if you are interested. The box type uses one fan in the back of the unit, so each tray gets some more even circulation during the drying time. A little side note, during the net, I said I thought the Excalibur had two fans, but after further research, I found out I was wrong. There's only one fan in the back. A few different check-ins have the Excalibur and really like it. If you plan to do a lot of dehydrating and or it fits your budget, you can't go wrong with the box type electric dehydrator. We also discussed what foods folks have dehydrated. Fruits, vegetables, meats, herbs, Pretty much the sky's the limit. Apples were usually the first foods that came to mind for the check-ins. One suggestion when you dehydrate food that oxidizes quickly, like apples, consider first putting the slices in a bowl of lemon juice or a product called Fruit Fresh. This will help the food keep its natural color while it's drying. Other fruits mentioned were pineapple and blueberries. And don't forget strawberries and bananas. A couple of chickens brought up that they used their dehydrator to make deer jerky and beef jerky. One suggestion when making jerky is to use parchment paper on the bottom of the tray. It will make getting the jerky off the tray and clean up a cinch. Another food that is popular is all types of peppers. One check-in said he likes to dehydrate his hot peppers, crush them up, and put them in a shaker. Folks always want to open the top to smell it and end up sneezing because of the wonderful but intense aroma from fresh dried peppers. Broccoli, celery, tomatoes, onions, mushrooms, and kale were also mentioned. It was brought up that kale is a great source of nutrition, which can be especially important to one's health during a prolonged emergency situation. One check-in said, even though their broccoli dehydrated well, it did not rehydrate to their satisfaction. Another check-in mentioned that they prefer to home can their vegetables, but dehydrate their fruit and meat. A third check-in stated they tried home canning 
drinking and dehydrating some fruits and zucchini to see which method they preferred, and they ended up liking dehydrated fruit and zucchini better. Which brings up a good point. Everyone has their personal preference when it comes to how food is processed for long-term storage. Whatever method of storing food you go with, don't forget to later try to use a small sample with a meal, preferably before you'll need it in an emergency. A fun snack food mentioned to dehydrate was yogurt. Yes, yogurt. They take their yogurt and thinly spread it out on a tray covered with something like parchment paper and then dehydrate it. It ends up being a fruit roll-up that their kids love. I haven't tried it, but I've read you can also do that with pureed fruit. Speaking of fun snacks, other ideas were dehydrating small chunks of cantaloupe and watermelon. Cut them up about one inch by one inch and dehydrate them. They end up being like a piece of candy similar to the taste of a Jolly Rancher. Talk about a nice surprise treat for kids and adults alike. When it comes to pre- and post-processing of dehydrated food, several suggestions were mentioned. First, however you plan to later use your dehydrated food, cut it up that way beforehand. For instance, if you want rings of bell peppers and onions to later go on your steak, then cut them up in rings and dehydrate them in that shape. If you want quarter-inch slices of carrots to later use in your soup or stew, then slice them up that way before dehydrating. One exception to that suggestion is herbs. The check-in suggested to dehydrate herbs and then chop them up. Otherwise, you'll have a mess to clean up. If you happen to forget and already chop them up, you can cover the top of each tray with some sort of paper, and that will help a little bit. Second, cut your food as evenly as possible. Then you won't end up with some super thin slices being too dry and some thicker slices still needing more drying time. Speaking of drying times, there are all sorts of guidelines on the internet about what temperature and how long to dehydrate certain foods. So search the internet if you are not sure, but keep in mind, a lot of that is going to depend on your location, time of year, humidity level, etc. They don't call them guidelines for nothing, but the internet can at least provide y'all a good estimate. A special note for post-processing fruit, and this is only for fruit. After you dehydrate it, A couple of websites suggest to settle or condition the fruit for a few days before you pack it for long-term storage. All that means is to place all the fruit in a plastic or glass container for four to six days, approximately, and just shake it around a bit once a day. This will help the pieces get as even moisture content as possible. Then you can move the fruit into whatever long-term storage you have planned. Speaking of long-term storage, it typically is done one of two ways, either in a mason jar or a vacuum-sealed bag. Either method is fine, but it might be a little easier to store slightly brittle food in mason jars. Otherwise, you may run the risk of your food puncturing a bag. Last, no matter which storage method is used, every once in a while, it is suggested to check to make sure your food is still safely sealed. Well, folks, that was a lot of information, and I hope it was helpful to you. If all your food is currently processed or stored via one or two methods, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But consider expanding out a bit and adding some dehydrated food to your supplies. If nothing else, you can learn and try your hand at a new skill set, like dehydrating in a vehicle or sun drying with wood-framed window screening. In an emergency where you might only have the sun as your energy source, you can still process some foods for storage, if absolutely needed. All right, y'all, that is all for this episode. A special thanks to those who checked into the net and provided us all the great information to share. 
God bless everyone. Until next week, this is Delta Zero Four. Clear.